when I first started surf coaching, it was in California in 2008. And the story that she gave me was that she and her husband had been talking about learning to surf for like 25 years, right? And they had never got to do it. And he passed away. And she said to me that I needed to learn to surf that before I die, I needed to learn how to do it. So when I get to heaven, I can tell my husband what it was like to go surfing. She fell off when she had finished riding and she turned around to me and she gave me a smile that had more history than all my history textbooks in my school career. And there was a story in that smile about how I had been part of something so much bigger than just a surf lesson. And when that dawned on me that that is what people do when they come to me for a surf lesson, I have something mm. very, very fragile in my hands and I can either make it or break it. I can either make that the worst experience ever or I can make it the most lifelong memorable experience they will ever, ever have. And I chose to take the latter. You're watching Flow State, where we share uplifting stories about mental health. My name is Nick Willicke. I'm the host of the show, and I'm also the co-founder of Sojin, where we make organic, doctor-formulated tinctures to promote a healthy brain and nervous system. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Andrew Goodman. He's the co-founder of And Leo, which is an inclusive surf coaching business. Andrew has helped over 8,000 people in 21 different countries to transform their lives through surfing. He calls himself an unqualified therapist and an underpaid motivational speaker because his approach is to help people overcome the fear, doubt, and insecurity they have of getting in the water and learning how to do something new. To Andrew, surfing is not just about learning how to stand up on a surfboard. It's about redefining what success looks like. To get one-on-one -on -one surf coaching with Andrew or to join his upcoming retreat in Spain at the end of March, visit his website at andleo, that's A-N-D-L-E-O.com. Before we dive in, if you've been following Sojourn from day one, you know that our mission is to help you have a healthy brain and nervous system. Our approach is that instead of stimulating our nervous systems with caffeine and sugar, we actually need to calm our nervous systems down so that we can quiet those ruminating thoughts in our minds and focus on what's important. That's something that's important to me personally, because when I was 18, I was diagnosed with anxiety and ADHD. And when I was 22, I cut out caffeine from my diet. So we created a focus aid at Sojin that has no caffeine, no sugar, and it's made with fresh peppermint leaf, capaiba, hemp, and a little bit of stevia. It's got just the right amount of CBD in it to take the edge off, quiet those ruminating thoughts in your mind so that you can focus on what matters. If you're looking to cut back on coffees or energy drinks this year, or maybe you just want to feel a little bit more calm and confident in your own skin, then head to www.sojin.co and get the 30-day risk-free trial of the THC-free focus tincture. You can use the code FLOWSTATE, that's F-L-O-W-S-T-A-T-E, at checkout, and that'll give you another 25% off on your order. And now, a conversation between me and Andrew Goodman. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Thanks for coming on the show. It's a thank you. Thanks for having me. I nearly said thanks for having us, but I, I look next to me and there is no us. So thanks for having me. <laughs> it's great to have you on. I'm excited about this conversation. I wanted to start off with um, a quote. And this is a quote from 
your approach to surfing, uh, surf coaching from your website. And it's, we help people transform their life through surfing. And I wanted to start off by asking you to go into a little bit, the word, two, two parts about that. One is transform. What do you mean by that? Like, how do people transform their lives? And then the second part about that is through surfing. It's what specifically about the surf experience or about surfing um, is so conducive to this sort of transformation that you do through your coaching. I'm just writing because I'm dyslexic. Um, so I have to write down to remember. Otherwise, I'll forget two seconds ago. So I'm just writing down the, the two things, transform and, and about surfing. So I yeah, and through surfing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I can always remind you too. If you ever like lose your train of thought, if you ever lose your train of thought and you're like, oh, like, where was I even going with this? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> just be like, what was the question? I got you. So, Nick, to answer your first question about what do we talk about? What do we mean by transform? We, what we don't do is expect to change people and all of a sudden they go home and they are able to uh, be. 10 times more productive and they've taken their business to now multi-million dollar, but we, that, that's not like what we do. What, when we mm -hmm. say transform, we mean give people a new perspective of what life means, of what their mm -hmm. existence means, of what being in nature means. And through that, having more patience and more understanding about what, what other people's walk through this existence is and, and having more patience with them. So when I say transform is because when people leave, what our hope is, is when people leave an experience with us is that they take not only the skills in surfing, but in the approach of, of how we look at interacting with, with the world around us. And so you, it's that's why we say it's, you don't only just learn to surf, but you know we help transform your life. So be ready for not just a surf lesson because we're going to dig down deep and see what's possibly holding you back. If that's what you want, we'll never force someone. We'll never impose our our philosophy, our judgment on anyone. It's only if you're open for that. Um, you know, we are obviously mm -hmm. very conscious of some people are not ready to be opened up and and ready to be vulnerable in front of strangers. We totally get it. I'm not comfortable being vulnerable in front of strangers. I've, I've, I've got the UN, I've got NATO, and I've got the Russian Air Force, and I've got everyone else's army waiting to defend me if I feel vulnerable. So I very much understand um, not imposing that on people. So we try not to, we, we don't enforce it, but it's, it's something that be ready that when you come on one of our experiences, you're not just going to learn about surfing skills. We, it, it, there's going to be a lot of life interaction and, and things like that. So we kind of talk about the transformation in that regard is that you leave with a, a slightly different perspective of, of what your duty is here, what your role is. You, you know, your role is not to wake up and serve someone nine to five. You know, there's so much beauty around. There's so many things that we can be appreciative of mm -hmm. that we've lost in this real world. This, well, what we perceive or what we've been brainwashed to believe is the real world, but it's not. It's a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo of, of aesthetics and how we look like. And we forgot about how we feel. You know, because we, we mm. present all this beauty and, and all these things on social media all the time. That and and that again goes to the surfing. Surfing is so non-inclusive, unless you've got a beautiful bikini body or unless you've got a great six-pack, um, you don't belong in the water. What are you doing in the water? And so again, this is the philosophy of inclusive surf coaching. 
And to answer the second question, mm-hmm. why is it about surfing? What is it about surfing? Is that, um, am, I allowed, am I allowed to use the swear word? Am I allowed to say shit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is no, you can't bullshit anyone in surfing. And, and for me, as someone that has been surfing for nearly 40 years, I've learned that, the, I've learned that very realistically. You can't bullshit someone your skill. You can't say I'm this level and then you go into the water and you're just not because you can't hide that. You can't hide not being able to catch a wave. You can't hide not being able to pull an aerial. I can't say to you, Chief Nick, we're going to go surfing, but you know, like wear your umbrella because I'm going to throw heaps of water over your shoulders and, you know, get your binoculars out because I'm going to do a 15 foot air and then I can't even lie on my board properly. There is no bullshit in surfing. It's the most real sport. It's the sport that keeps you absolutely grounded and in check more than any other mm-hmm. sports mm-hmm. I've ever played. And I'm sure there are others out there that have the same kind of feeling. But surfing, you cannot fool anybody. You have to be real with yourself before you even real with me. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. surfing is that vessel that we use to get everyone on the same level. No one is better than anyone else. Everyone's on their same journey. Everyone's struggling with the same things that the other people struggled with before they got to being advanced or be, before they came intermediate. So the, so the surfing is, a, is, is what, because it's part of my life and I've seen the benefit of, of, of learning about reality and, and not the bullshit. Right. We very much brought that into the philosophy and into the, the using that as the vessel to help the transformation and to help people see um, maybe maybe see more flowers or even actually see flowers that are there that we don't because we're so corrupt with all this other crap. I really like the inclusivity aspect of what you're doing. And, you know, from my, in my experience, there's kind of like two, surfing is more inclusive and more diverse than surf advertising and surf marketing. If that makes sense, I'm curious of what you think about that. Like, I think it's opposite. Um, you think the advertising is more is, is is surfing is less inclusive than the advertising is. No, sorry, maybe I misunderstood you. The advertising is a lot less inclusive. So, if, if that's what you're saying, then I yes. agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, so my, that's again, my I'm impression. I have to always check. <laughs> I've good. It up no, so absolutely yes, the advertising perfect example one one. I'm I'm in the dictionary as the picture as dyslexia. All right, um, but yes, absolutely. If you look at surf advertising and surf marketing, it's it's atrociously um, non-inclusive. It's very non-inclusive. Yes, disrespectfully non-inclusive, which is yeah. a massive problem. So so where I was going with that is like my impression is that. And you have a lot more experience in the water in a lot more countries than I do, whereas I've really just surfed in the States and in Costa Rica. So it's not a, not a lot. But my impression is that it can be a lot more diverse and should be a lot more diverse. And we'll, I want to talk about that in a minute, because there's really no barrier. You know, like anybody can surf and everybody can surf. Truly, there's really no barrier to it. And it's great and amazing for everybody. So. There's really no barrier. So a lot more people can surf, surf, and if they enjoy it, they ought to surf, should surf, f- should feel like there's no barrier there. Um, that, I feel like, is true, and it's a real opportunity. But then the interesting thing, I think, is that 
for people who don't surf, if all they see is the advertising about it, they would never know that there are actually people like them that do do it already and that are passionate about it because there's such a disconnect there where it's like, oh, surfing is just for this type of person, which is, you know, like you're saying, typically chiseled, a chiseled white, like young middle to middle aged person. And it's like, no, it's like, you know, actually it didn't even originate. You know, these people weren't even the first people to start surfing. Exactly. And they've uh, got ownership and rights. I've got rights to surf here. I'm a local. I own this break mentality. Dude, get off your high horse, man. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I wanted to point, I wanted to kind of say all that to say, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Like thoughts on, okay, reality versus advertising. So reality okay. versus advertising and then yeah. advertising versus kind of the opportunity. Like, where would you like to see surfing the community look? What would you like to see the community look like? And and then kind of compare that to what you feel like the advertising is versus where you think surfing is today too. Does that make so, sense? Yeah, no, sure. So where, where I think surfing is today, I'll just do it in a different order. Where, um, where I think surfing is today is at a really, really important turning point. I think surfing is at a, is at a crossroads at the moment. Um, and what I mean by that is we've got a generation of surfers now with a new mentality with this, why do we need to be so aggressive? Uh, the, the, the philosophy of like, everyone's got a right to be there. No one owns the Mm -hmm. ocean. Um, as long as we follow the certain set of guidelines and rules and, and surf etiquette and, and lineup rules, as long as we learn that before we put ourselves in situations that hurt or injure or, or, you know, cause problems for anyone else. And I think that's kind of where we are. There's, there's a lot more now than ever before of, mm. of this consciousness of surfing doesn't have to be, because people are getting tired of this aggression, Nick, in the water, man. People are getting tired of it. You know, the comments that we're getting on Instagram when we put certain posts out and we get people respond saying, wow, thank you for saying that. Yes. It's about time or I'm so tired of hearing this or why do people have to do that? Or why do people have to be so hardcore? Or, you know, what is this whole localism story? Um, and so I think, I think we are at a very important crossroads of where we, where we have the potential of growing if we have more people spreading the correct information about what surfing is. And I think that's the key because I think a lot of, Unfortunately, a lot of surfing platforms, whether it be surf schools, whether it's be social media platforms, whether it's been a surf camps, uh, whatever it might be, there's not a lot of time to work on the etiquette because you've paid for a result for right. that week. And for the surf school, and this is not for every surf school, I, I made my money, I got my experience from surf school. So please, I'm not dissing surf schools at all. But there's pros and cons to surf schools and, and their, their business model is to pump through the factory. <clears throat> they need to get numbers. That's what they're, that's what they're based on. Yeah. And they're, they're probably trying to focus on making sure you're just, you know, I don't want to generalize, but they, no, no, no. they might I, be I, trying I to focus on making sure you have a good experience. Sure. They, they want to get the people to get the picture because they're selling success. Look, this surf school gets you to stand up which is great, fantastic, well done. 
unfortunately, and this is not a diss at the surf school, but there is no time, especially when you've got eight people for these two hours, and then three hours later, you've got another eight people, and three hours later, you've got another eight people. There doesn't leave a lot of space to really pass that that idea onto them about how to interact and the lineup rules and, and how to respect people in the water. There is a touch on it. Again, it, it changes from surf school to surf school, surf camp, surf platform, social media, Instagram, whatever it is. It changes from, from platform to platform. And what I feel is today is to get back to that point is we are at a, at a crossroads where we have the potential because I do see now starting to grow a lot more people passing on that correct information. So I think there's a very good chance of yeah. us getting to a good place. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, we, like you've mentioned, unfortunately, we've got the media that has still the philosophy of a hundred years ago, sex sells. And so if we can put this beautiful model, male or female model on our picture and surfing, well, then people are going to feel I'm going to look like them or feel like them if I, if I start surfing or using their brands or using their costume or using their surfboard. I'm going to look and feel like them. I'm going to get the same recognition they get if I am wearing their, their board shorts, if I'm surfing their board, if I'm wearing their bikini or if I'm whatever it is. I'm going to get the same recognition. I'm going to get the same acknowledgement. I'm going to get the same praise. And of course, mm. in the world we live in today, that's all we're looking for, right? We're just looking for praise. Hey, look at me. Look at me. All right? So that sells to the insecurity of the majority of the people. And so that's unfortunately what's on the opposing side of that roadblock, that, that crossroads of, of where we are. We've got this mm -hmm. philosophy that's growing and that's really beautiful, but we've also got the philosophy that, that's flashed at us saying, well, if you don't look like this, you don't belong in the water. You shouldn't be surfing if you don't look. If you're not young and in your 20s, you don't have a six-pack, you don't have a, a beautiful model body, bikini body, well, you probably shouldn't be surfing because you're not going to make it look very good. You don't belong here, mm. you know? Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and that's kind of what we're fighting. Um, it's not all like that. Again, there are some platforms that are pushing the positive side of it. But it's tough because there are now, and I'm not going to mention names, but there are surf brands, mega surf brands that put out that they are inclusive. But when, they, when you go onto their website, you see one inclusive picture and the rest of them are all what we've been talking about and so how inclusive are they are they doing that just to say hey look we're inclusive or are they doing that because they really are well in that case why isn't half of your stuff why isn't there more why isn't there a consistent amount of it coming through the media and through your your platforms so there's a bit of a contradiction in in the sentiment around where we're going what's portrayed uh, what people are taught to think, felt, told how to behave, what they need to look like in order for them to surf. And for the people, like you said, for the people that don't surf, it must be a very, very difficult decision. And then if you take on where our biggest market is, is the plus 40s, mm -hmm. 40 plus people, we've been conditioned for 40 freaking years to <laughs> believe like that. Now all of a sudden yeah. some guy with a strange South African accent and says, no, come, come surf with me. Cool. You're going to feel comfortable. Like what? Are you kidding me? Like why? I've been conditioned for all these years. How are you going to make me feel any different? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I love that you're teaching, um, that you're teaching the safety aspect of it. Um, 
so and I like the way really like the way that you laid that out like on the one hand we have the kind of localism the territorialism that's kind of what you're working to bridge the gap with and then on the other hand you have kind of a commercialized version of surfing which is designed to sell things and the re the opportunity is kind of like hey there's a real surfing in there which is real people really connecting a real community that is doing it because it feels great and also because it's an opportunity to kind of really be vulnerable and like let your guard down that's exactly it yeah and I want to talk about your coaching philosophy, but I also want to share a story on that. As you were talking, it really brought up this one time I was surfing. Have you ever surfed in the San Francisco Bay Area, like Montero or Ocean Beach or anything? I would love to. I've been invited a few times, but I just haven't got there. You should ask, have Twiggy take you there. He's, he's in Hawaii <laughs> Bay at the moment. I know. So he's actually just going to um, Haleiwa. He's in Hawaii at the moment. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. How's the, how's the swell there right now? Do you know? Um, it looks pretty good. I mean, I don't know if they've got like the storm of storms, but it looks like there's a bit of swell heading their way. Getting I haven't looked too much into it, but 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 by by what he's posting, he's posted some pretty cool pictures of of swells lately. So it looks pretty nice, good. nice. Because I know yeah. we're we're kind of going into their good season down there, right? Like cool. through March. Um, but anyway, so I, I digress though. When I I was surfing there one time and um, in this break called Montero, which is a little bit south of San Francisco, and really? I was surfing with two buddies and there was another group of like guys that lived in that area that were locals that were there every day. And um, we were surfing the same wave and the, the guys were like, the local guys were like surfing off the point. And if they were, if they would take a wave, like I would, you know, kind of pull out of the way, pull out of the wave or not drop in on them, you know, try to try to like observe priority. And eventually the guy, one of the guys kind of, kind of paddles up to me and it's like, just cart starts just cussing me out. Like this is my wave, this is, this is our spot, you know, like you got to get out of here. And, uh, and then he just kind of paddled off. And so I paddled back up to him. I just followed up to him. I said, Hey, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take snake your wave. And I'm not going to drop in on you and like hurt you. You know, I said like, I'm not, you know, I won't do that. I'm just here to try to catch this wave. That's and, it. um, and he just, and he just like looked at me and was like, all right. He's like, I just don't want to get hurt. That's what he said. You know, I just want to, don't want to get hurt. Yeah. And I was like, no, you know what, dude, that's fair. That's totally fair. I get that. You don't want to get hurt. Um, so I kind of say all that mm -hmm. to say, I love what the communication that you're building and the community aspect of what you're doing and focusing on kind of bringing people together and getting community and getting that communication going. Cause I feel like that's kind of the key thing to kind of facilitate that change and that inclusivity is like, Hey, let's just get conversations going with people in the water about like what their concerns are about what is important to them so that everybody can feel like they have a place there and that they belong in the water. Um, you, you couldn't have said it in a better way. I mean, that's, that is in essence, what needs to happen because you know if we if we think about if we think about localism just just for a second we can we can touch on this concept if that's okay yeah yeah it's a question that comes to me of course as a surf coach you get asked that question over and over and over again and 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 over the years it's changed and it might change in a year or two right now my 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 answer to people 
is a story. And I say to, okay, imagine if we lived on a little island and there was a wave that broke maybe 10 times a year. That's it. 10 times a year, maybe for a couple of days in this month, a couple of days in that month, a couple of days in that, and that's it. And the rest of the year, it was just shite. And we surfed it nonetheless. We surfed it onshore. We surfed it two foot. We surfed it terrible, whatever it was. Um, but for those 10 days, there was only you and me and, and two other guys surfing. There was just the four of us, and we surfed it for years, right? We surfed this place for years. No one knew about it. Great. All of a sudden, uh, someone's sitting on the beach, and they take a picture. Not even one of us. Someone on the beach or someone on a boat happened to sail by, and they saw this guy on a wave, and they're like, wow, what a beautiful picture. And they put the location. Okay. And then all of a sudden, that picture gets put somewhere, and someone else sees it, and a few other people see it. Now, all of a sudden, one day during those 10 days of really good surf, this car of four or five guys show up. They've got a little boat. They pump up their dinghy, and they put their little motor on, and they go off to the island, and they park their dinghy, and they come and surf the waves with you. You're like, where the hell did these people come from? Like, hang on a second. <laughs> now, one of the things need to happen one of many things need to happen is that the people that are arriving there for the first time not only need to respect the fact that they are new to the area, they've never surfed the place before, they're not aware of what dangers await them, they don't know how the wave works, they don't know where the takeoff area is, they don't know where the, the finish of the wave is, they don't know what rocks are they have to avoid. They don't know if there's any rip currents. Um, they don't know if it's a reef, if it's a coral They can reef. learn. They, they can learn. But what they need to remember is that there's going to be a way to interact with those people by not like what you did. You said, hey, I understand you want the wave, but I'm not just going to leave because I am capable. I know the rules of the lineup. I'm not going to snake you. I can control my board and I'm not going to injure you. So you can rest assured that when you take a wave, I'm not going to be there to snake you. I'm not going to be there to drop in on you. But exactly. I've got as much right as you have. Why? Because I know the rules of engagement. I know the rules of the lineup. I know how it works. I know how to control my board. And I know how to keep myself safe. And I'm aware of the people around me. The problem, and this is where the problem lies, unfortunately, Nick, is not every beginner is able to do that and not every advanced surfer is able to see if that person can do that or not. So they have, they yeah. automatically take the stance of you don't belong because you're not, you're in the way or you didn't do this correctly or I saw you get knocked off your board or you're on a learn to surfboard and you turtle turn, you're not on a short board, you didn't duck dive, all these little indications to me to say, I need to be skeptical. So what do I do? I get defensive and I'm like, you don't belong here, dude. Da, 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 da. Aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. Instead of checking first and say, hey, are you going to snake me? Do you know what snaking is? Are you going to drop in on me? Do you know what dropping in is? Are you going to keep yourself safe? Can you control your board? Cool. Well, then come and surf. I'm Andrew. Hey, nice to meet you. What a different experience that would be. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, we, if we were able to take the time to just say, hey, are you able to do this? Just please be careful because, you know, da, 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 da. And do me a favor. Don't take any more pictures and, and predator because we want to <laughs> for us. Okay. Now, now you fast forward 100 years and we are in 2022 and 
There is no such place as a private surf break anymore. There's no yeah. such thing as a secret spot anymore. There might be a few around the globe, but Peniche, Hawaii, uh, uh, Spain, whatever it is, they are all very well-known spots. There's no more privacy. They are all world-famous surf breaks. And unfortunately, people are still adapting, uh, adopting the same mentality as they would as though if it was a private break or a secret spot 40 years ago. And they're going, oh, you shouldn't be here, bro. This is our spot, bro. This is we, the locals. Da, 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 da. Whereas, sorry, dude, it's been all over the WSL for the last 20 years. Um, we all know about it. It's not a secret spot anymore. So there's no need to be aggressive. Just accept the fact that surfing is growing. And unless you're Kelly Slater, you're not going to have your own private surf pool. So chill out and rather encourage and set a nice mood in the water than being aggressive because that's not setting a very nice, encouraging message. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you did the right thing. And and that's what people should do. You know, it's not it's not necessarily about I have to respect the locals. You respect everybody in the water. And that respect comes from beginners to advanced and advanced to beginners. It's not only a one-way street. This, yes. this is the fallacy that people are, are are lost in. Respect is not a one-way street. Yeah, it's such a good it's such a good like it's like such a microcosm. It's of just being a human being in so many ways, because waves are almost kind of like a scarce resource. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's, it's a scarce resource and, and people it's, and it's a great thing. And it's so interesting to see how human beings react when it feels like something that's really important to us starts to like get taken away, you know, and how defensive we get about that. And, and when we start to enjoy it, it's, I'm, I'm guilty of that. Like, I've gone the other way too, where I've been like, I got like lost my cool with somebody who wasn't following the rules. I, I you know, I, I try to be really chill. I'm like, Hey, like, you know, Hey, like, you know, you should, you know, not drop in on somebody's wave or like, Hey, let me teach you what dropping on somebody's wave is. You know, that's the main thing, right? Hey, like you should look down the line, whatever, oh. before you drop in. But, but it's, it's so true that it goes both ways. It go it's, it's like generational. It goes up and down, you know, the older generation, the younger generation, skill level, it's people better than you. What can you learn from them? People less experienced, what can you teach them? And then there's just a universality to it. Everybody is a human being in the water. And we're talking about whether we're talking about surfing or we're talking about anything. It's like, how can we respect each other and just communicate about that and, and share, um, as, as uh, Tom Carroll says, share the wave, you know, that's his kind of life philosophy, share the wave. So, um, I want to talk about, I want to talk about your, uh, empowered surf retreats. Um, so one thing that stuck out to me about those is that, or stood out to me about those. And it's really interesting is that you focus on helping people who are over 40 to surf through those retreats, um, which is super cool to me. And I was just wondering, yeah, let's talk a little bit about that and what's happening in people who are 40 and up what's happening in their lives that makes this type of retreat so beneficial for them or you know why specifically focus on that demographic of people when you started these retreats so what we found uh when we started our business was that number one the umbrella of um, non-inclusivity we, we, we saw the reality of that. We saw how evident that was. 
Um, but that was more in appearance. In other words, if, you, if you're fit and young, right? Then we realized that there's nearly, nearly, not none, but very nearly, no support or encouragement for people over the age of 40 with alternative methods to learning to surf. Because let's be honest, once you turn 40, your body does start changing. Um, you know, mm -hmm. our knees give in or our elbows or wrists or hips or whatever the case may be. You know, just aches and pains and life after 40 might not be as, as easy in the moving world as, as it is when we're 40 or, or 50 or yeah. 60. There's so, a lot of situational changes too. Like, exactly. like you know, at that age, 40 and up, you know, into your 50s, you know, your kids might be leaving home. You might you be um, caring for your parents as they're aging, you know. Um, There's so uh, many You might be returning to work. Like yeah. if, you know, you were, you were off, if you were yeah. raising the kids or you might be going back to work full time. Absolutely. But, and, yeah. and, and all these things, all these things influence, and we're talking about the 40 plus, these are the things that influence people that are, that have, that have got to that age. You know, when you're 20, your kids aren't moving out of home. So, um, you know, when mm -hmm. you're 45, 50, kids are starting to move out of home, you start losing your identity. You've maybe achieved um, your job, you're at a really high level in your in your position. You you hold a successful uh, uh, track record in your in your in in your job. Um, your kids aren't at home anymore. You've got no more. There's no more challenge for you. You've you've reached a certain amount of challenges, and now all of a sudden you need something else in your life to challenge you. And mm. and and surfing is definitely what we found is surfing is is definitely a place where people are looking at to find that extra challenge. And so what our Empowered Surf Retreat is all about is, and why we call it the Empowered Surf Retreat is because we're not just teaching you how to surf. We're teaching you how to find yourself again. Because especially because it's the 40 plus, there are so many dynamics that influence people that, that, uh, that encourage them to come to that retreat. And what we do is we, sit with them very neutrally, not therapist client way at all. Very, I mean, I'm not a, you know, just for the record disclaimer, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a qualified psychiatrist, whatever it is, nothing. Okay. <laughs> but I've got experience from listening to over 8,000 people in the last 15 years and being able to put a pattern and be, being able to recognize a pattern in people over the age of 40. Hmm. And that's what's been able to help us develop an approach to help maybe guide people back onto their path or maybe that what they've forgotten, their identity, or they maybe had a trauma, maybe they had a frightening experience in water, and maybe they, they lost that confidence to find their confidence back. So, you know, we will, we have a call before any of our retreats, especially the empowered surf retreat. We have a call for about an hour, hour and a half with each, each one of our guests. And mm -hmm. we have a, like a one-on-one -on -one call. One-on-one. -on -one. That's it. Just to find out where they are in their world, what brought them to us, uh, what they're looking for, what their perception of surfing is, 
what their idea, what their expectation of what they're going to get. And then I drop the bomb going, you're not, you realize you're not just coming for a surf lesson, right? Okay. Um, we, we're going to tackle a few other little things and, and, and see if we can, you know, make a change, make a positive impact. Maybe you leave feeling better about yourself or maybe you've overcome that fear or maybe we've helped you cement that new challenge of my kids aren't there anymore, my job is successful, but I need a new challenge. Whatever that may be, we just want to help facilitate the encouragement on that path that you're on. We're not telling you you need to take any specific paths. We just want to help you, encourage you on what brought you to us in the first place. So we try and do a little bit of research on that, try and see where the people are, and then really focus on that and not to put too much um, pressure on the surfing, but rather congratulate them and celebrate the fact that they got off their couch, they invested time and money, got into an airplane, trusted a stranger, going into the water. It's an unfamiliar territory. That's a win. We need to mm. read. We need to redesign the metrics of success because people think success is standing on the board. It's not. Success is getting into the water and being in an uncomfortable environment that you're not very happy with and being okay and not freaking out. That is a freaking huge success for me. You know, so we need to, we've got this terrible brainwashed perception of what success is. And yet when I get so excited in someone that is just lying on a surfboard and I'm like, oh my God, look, look what you're doing. Look where you are. And they see my excitement. They go, holy crap. I'm freaking awesome. Look what I'm doing. No ways. And then the reality kicks in. But if no one's there to nurture that, if no one's there to say, hey, snap into reality. Look what you're doing. Mm. It's just about surfing. It's just about, hey, I need to be successful. And the only way I'm going to be successful is if I stand on the board and I catch 20 waves. Because that's what I've been told I need to do. That's what I've been told success is. Mm. So our empowered retreat is very much on nurturing you and, and not your surfing. I shouldn't say this on live. <laughs> but it's, but it, yes, we use surfing, but surfing is just the excuse to help you be you, man, just to be a better version of you, to see the beauty around you. We just use surfing as the little bait, you know. Um, of course, you do get the Instagram picture with you surfing. You do, because yeah. I guarantee everybody stands up on their retreat. There's no one in all my years of surfing that I've never got to stand up. So I, I will mm -hmm. guarantee that. I'll put my hand up. Disclaimer. Yes, sure. I will get you to your feet. Absolutely. If you, if you follow the instructions I give you, sure. If you just stay lying down, I can't stand up for you. But if you follow the instructions and you follow the tips, you will stand up. But it's mm -hmm. not about that. that's not the metrics of success. And, and we try not to encourage them looking for the, in, the, the reassurement for when they do stand up. I'm like, hey, mm -hmm. well, done. well done. Awesome. Well done. You know, but that's expected. The surfing is, is a conduit to making them well. It's a bait. It's just bait. It's just the, it's mm. the it's, you know, that's what it is. It's the carrot. It's the carrot in front of the donkey. That's what it is. Mm. You know, but we try, we try not to put it like that because that's not a beautiful way of putting it. But the reality is, and I know people are going to be listening to it. Yes, we want to help you develop. We want to help you be a strong, amazing, incredible human being that you share love and, and spread out the positivity. Yeah. Everyone. And the only way we're going to do that is with the multiply effect. 
you know. So, so instead of coming to us just for a surf and, and paying 30 bucks for a surf lesson and getting the picture for Instagram, well, we're going we're gonna to tap into a little bit more of you and, 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 and see your full potential. Mm -hmm. what, are, what are some of the things that you learned about um, people in that 40 plus kind of age group? Um, what are some of the things that you learned about them from working with them on that, this retreat? Like, what are the common... Um, yeah, I just I guess what are some of the things that they you've been able to progress. really help with? They're all serious about their progress. This is one thing I've found with over 40s that is consistent across the board is that they all are serious about their progress. They're not there to mess around. Um, hmm. They want results. And, and they're willing, they, they are looking for a coach that's going to give the same amount of passion as the same amount of determination they have to learn. And I think that's what we found with a lot of 40 plus year olds is that they've been to surf schools and they've been to surf camps and they've been to different places where, and again, disclaimer, I'm not dissing surf schools, but unfortunately because you paid 30 bucks a day, guess how much passion and energy you're going to put into your lessons if you paid 30 bucks a day. Sorry, but that's 30, 30 bucks worth. You're going to get 30 bucks worth. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so what they might have found is that the coach maybe wasn't on time or they were hungover or they were still in the bushes uh, smoking a joint or <laughs> whatever, whatever the case may be. And they just didn't feel um, – and that's, you know, uh, um, uh, that's nothing to do with, with, with weed and everything being bad. I, I, I think it's great. I think it heals in many, many different ways. Um, it's an it's an amazing, amazing, amazing uh, uh, um, product, but unfortunately, it's got a bad stigma, and um, and and surf coaches get a bad rap because they get paid not enough money to put their heart and soul into it, and then the forty year old surfers go, well, hang on, I've I've been paying for this, but I'm not getting the results. So what we found is they really want results. They really want to. They want to get the same um, amount of passion from their coach with the same amount of determination that they want to get results. That's what we. That's probably the one thing that keeps everyone in common. Um, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, I think also a lot less of the partying scene. They're not really into the the um, getting drunk and losing a day of surfing to a hangover. I think they're more into, I'm ready to wake up at 5.30 if you are. Like, you know, don't have too many beers tomorrow. Night. Yeah. I want to get up early. The swell's coming. They, they're on it, man. They, they, they're on it. They're on everything. They, they've got everything planned out. They know what they want. They, they're reading the forecast. They're yeah. going, going to be here. Can we, they're already asking me the questions. Can we wake up early that morning? Because we want this. So they, they, they've achieved. They've achieved in their work. They need a new challenge. And they, they, they will put as much effort as they did as getting into the top level of their business. They're going to put the same energy and passion into, into getting their results in surfing. And if they feel that they don't have a coach that's doing the same thing, they're going to go looking somewhere else. Um, mm. So that's the common ground that I feel that the plus 40s give. One of the, one of the cool quotes um, that I have from you, actually, is you are not defined by who you were, what you had, or who you were with. You are defined by how you interact with the world around you. Love I that. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 
I mean, one of the things that, yeah, go ahead. One of the things that stands out to me about that quote, just want to comment on it. You said you are not defined by who you were, what you had, or who you were with, which are in the past tense. Yep. So you're not defined by this, right? Yeah. At 40, you've had success and, and failure. Absolutely. You've had lives, right? Um, but you're not defined by that. You're defined by the present, which is who you, how you interact. So right all the way you worded that. So you're defined by how you interact with people like right now, today. Yes. Um, so I appreciated that aspect of the quote. Um, I wanted to share that quote with you and, the, and the, to the listeners, though, and ask you to just dive into it a little bit more. Why is that such an important like philosophy for you when it comes to your philosophy of how you work with with people that go with you on your trips? So this is just a little personal thing from me and, and my life experience and what I've been through with my upbringing and, and, and my existence is that you can meet people through your travelings, through your life experience. You can meet people that are perceived to have the perfect life. So they've got all the money in the world. They've got the beautiful partner, male or female. They've got the big house, the big fancy car. They travel around. They've got, they, they've got friends and they have parties and they've got all these amazing things, right? But without all of that stuff, how would people perceive them? How do they interact with the world without all of that, the frills? How do they interact? Do they treat people with respect? Do they show nurturing and caring and making their, their kids feel safe? Do they help the less needy? Do they give to charities? Do they, whatever the case may be. So, so that statement comes from living those existences of being part of those, those worlds where there's so much outside influence that people forget whether you're rude or not. Because you've got the money or you've got the partner, you've got the fancy cars and, and you kind of get away with stuff like that. And it's not allowed to be like that for me. It's not allowed to be. I, I refuse that as a, as a mantra because the only way I want to be looked at and respected is how, how I interact with the people and the world around me. That's how I should be judged. That's how I should be looked at and perceived is how do I interact with the world and the direct in, uh, people in front of me? Do mm. they love? Do they feel loved? Do they feel protected? Do they feel they can trust me? Do they feel safe? Well, if that's the case, then, then yes, then you can, then that's good for me. But, but you, you, you can't be judged on, on who you were with or what the person you were or what you did. Because if you're not nice, if you're not true, it doesn't matter about all those things. So it's, it's what you are right now. It's how you interact with the world right now. That's who you are. That's what you're mm -hmm. going to attract. If you're full of shit, you're going to attract drama. That's the reality. You know, if you're true and you're honest and you're righteous in your, in your approach, you're going to attract the same you know our, our mind is kind of like a magnet we we our, our, our thoughts attract you know 
not to get too philosophical here, but it's true. It, we attract things with our thoughts. And if our thoughts aren't true, then, well, we're going to attract the same thing. So, so yeah, that statement is, is, is about just being now, being in the now, being, being real now and, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and not relying on our facade, not relying on looks, not relying on prestige, not relying on, on, on social status, but just on our, on our character and how we present ourselves to the world. People that are like looking at getting into surfing might not expect to um, hear that kind of philosophy or might not expect to that that's going to be a part of their experience. That's going to be a part of what they might take away from or what they might learn or hear when they're working with a surf coach like you. Um, tell us a little bit more about like that seems to me like something that's pretty deep in you. So tell, tell us a little bit more about kind of the story that like kind of formed that for you, like that really crystallized that for you and why it's so important, but um, why it's such an important part of your, your life and like what you're doing and your surf coaching. Again, I, I'm, I land up explaining myself through stories. Um, and when I first started surf coaching, it was in California in 2000 and, 2008. And my boss phoned me up and said, I've got a very special client coming for a surf lesson. I want you to do it for me. I was like, no, no problem. So I'm at the beach and I've got the gazebo and I'm standing there. Da, 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 cool, new surf coach, new life. Woohoo! I'm super cool. Awesome, awesome. Had no idea. I'd always, I'd always been asked by my friends and family, what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with your life? And I'm like, I don't know. Stop asking me. I have no idea. Um, and, um, and I'm standing on the beach, 32 years old. And in the distance, I see this, with all due respect, this old lady walking towards the gazebo. And I was like, yeah, okay, well, obviously that's not my, that's not my client. Obviously she's like 80, you know, that's not my client. Anyway, she gets closer and closer and in her very sweet little voice, she's like, um, hello, are you Andrew? And I turn around and I'm, I'm like, yeah. And she says, I'm your, I'm your surf student today. I said, what? Okay. I mean, I try, I tried not to respond like that, but my face probably said, what? Like, you know, I tried to respond respectfully. Um, and to cut a long story short, she stood up on, I think the second or the third wave. And the story that she gave me was that she, and her husband had been talking about learning to surf for like 25 years, right? And they had never got to do it. And he passed away. And then she had eventually kind of got over him. And she said to me that I needed to learn to surf, that before I die, I needed to learn how to do it. So when I get to heaven, I can tell my husband what it was like to go surfing. So I thought that was a really beautiful story and a really beautiful motivation to, to learn to surf, right? So she had told me that story before we got in the water. And this will answer your question as why this is so passionate to me and why I, I want to give as much as I can is because when she stood up on her board, Nick, she fell off when she had finished riding and she turned around to me and she gave me a smile that had more history than all my history textbooks in my school career 
And there was a story in that smile about how I had been part of something so much bigger than just a surf lesson. I was part of, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a story, of a dynamic, of a connection of two people that had come from decades. And they put that honor in me. He did it indirectly through her. She did it directly. I held that honor in my hand. And when that dawned on me that that is what people do when they come to me for a surf lesson, I have something mm. very, very fragile in my hands and I can either make it or break it. I can either make that the worst experience ever or I can make it the most lifelong memorable experience they will ever, ever have. And I chose to take the latter. And so every single student I have ever coached will always get that same passion as I have from the very first person I coached until the very last person I coached because everyone deserves that amount of passion and enthusiasm and encouragement because they're all coming to me as a new person. Just because I've repeated myself for 15 years to over 8,000 people doesn't give me the right to be, ah, oh, yes, I told you to paddle. You, I told you not to do that. Now, come on. That's just not fair. That, that, that can't ever be. So that's why hmm. I have the passion I have for what I do, because I know that they are honoring me with a privilege that is bigger than just standing on a board. Because some people have got stories. I don't hear all of them. Not everyone opens up to me about them, but everyone's got the story why they're doing it. And, and if, you, if you then look at the, the class after 40, trust me, there is some trauma there or there is a story behind why they want to surf. And if I'm the lucky guy that gets to hold that in my hands, man, you are going to get the most passionate surf coach you could ever imagine ever. And so that's why I have that philosophy. That's why Eleonora and I feel that towards people. That's why we give them the most we can because it's, it's not fair to treat it as just a surf lesson because my goodness gracious, it's not. There's so much more to that. It's a moment mm. in your life that you're either going to remember or not. And I, I want to be, I want to be, Part of your last memory, man. I want you to remember me when, you know, right at the end of your life, like, oh, I remember that guy, Andrew, that taught me to surf, you know. Oh, it's so enthusiastic. <laughs> That's what I want, man. It's selfish. But I want that, you know. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's, that's where the passion comes from, man. That's a good last thing to think about before you pass away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily need it to be the last thing you think about. But in those last couple of days, when you're thinking about your accomplishments, I might just be in that little port in a little far off corner somewhere, you know. That's amazing. You get to you get to the pearly gates and and uh, St. Peter's like, dude. I gotta say, man, you showed up in a lot of like a lot of dreams. Uh, like <laughs> a lot of people said good stuff about you, man. Yeah. Um, uh, that seems like a good uh, point to. Sorry, I'm just reading so many quotes. I usually don't read as many quotes, but um, that seems like a good point to read this testimonial that I found on your website that I really, really liked. And it's um, it says, I've never had anyone explain the character of a wave so lively and understandable like Andrew. And she put character in parentheses. So she's saying that this is your the w part of the way that you speak about teaching somebody about waves as you talk about the character of the wave. 
So she said, I never had anyone explain the character of a wave so lively and understandable like Andrew. From that time on, I was able to read waves and finally know which ones to take. I highly recommend him to anyone at any surf level. So I could see the in all the reviews on your website how much people were excited about like the passion that you bring into your coaching. But I just really appreciated this testimonial because I loved how she talked about how you you teach about the character of a wave. And so I wanted to ask you to give us a little bit of inside look into the the surf coaching experience, if you can. Um, what are you teaching there when you're teaching people about the character of a wave? What's the secret potion I'm putting in there? Yeah, give us some of the secret sauce, if you could. Oh, Nick, it's the million-dollar question, man. Um, <laughs> Do I got to go to uh, Cadiz? To get that answer to that I, question, I guess I, I guess you, you're going to have to come and, and see for yourself. What I what I can tell you is that right, well, to be continued. Everybody listening, podcast yeah, to be yeah. continued. Join us live. <laughs> exactly, we'll do a live recording from Cadiz. Nick, being a totally transformed human being. <laughs> um, Nick, the. Yeah, every, every wave is different, man. Every every wave, there's no such thing as the same wave. Every every single wave that's ever broken onto the shores or an island or a sandbank or a rock shelf or a reef break, it's all different, right? It's every single one of them is unique. And and so what what she's talking about the character of the wave is that waves have personality. You know, you can. You can have, you can think you're going out there and at the top of your game and the wave might just have a little ridge in it or it might just do something funky and you've just had, you just can't seem to get in the groove. Um, and a lot of times it's because we are in a, in a, in a headspace of, well, I'm at this level. I should be able to just surf at, at that level constantly, sometimes go up, but I should never be able to go down. I should always just be at the level. I should always do this. But sometimes we go in the water and, and the waves aren't behaving the way we thought they were. And so what I try and tell people and what I try and encourage people to do is, is to just sit and to just look at the ocean. Just try and get some kind of, and I know it sounds like all airy-fairy and all kind of stuff like that, but the ocean's alive, man. No matter what we, how we look at ourselves and no matter what crap we tell ourselves that it's not, the ocean is alive. It's got characters. It's got multiple personalities. It can be super friendly one day and it can be your worst enemy the next. Mm. And if we expect to, to be one way every single time, we're going to be very unpleasantly surprised. So, mm -hmm. so the character of a wave that I presume she's talking about is, is understanding how a wave works and understanding how this particular moment these this hour or two because as the tide change as the wind changes a different personality is going to come you know as the tide drops it's going to change as the tide rises it's going to change as the wind changes direction uh, uh, strength swell direction swell height interval all these little micro influencing factors constantly change the personality of a place and if we're not available if we're not open to that reality we're going to be very disappointed every time we're going because we're going to have an expectation here, but we're not allowing ourselves to adapt. Mm. 
And so that's why she says at the back, I assume that's why she said, I've learned to look at waves so much differently and read waves so much better um, because it's not just about seeing, oh, a wave breaks there and it's, do, it's doing that. There's so much more. You know, mm. the tide is affecting it that way. The wind direction is going to affect it that way. So, yes, it looks great and it's holding up, but because the wind is coming up the face, it's going to be a little harder to get in. So you're going to have to paddle harder. You're going to have to maybe angle your board. You might have to take a little bit shallower, take off a little bit deeper. There's so many little intricacies that allow you to feel a little bit more connected with the ocean if you allow that space to be there before you paddle in. Hmm. Hmm. Does that answer your question? It does, yeah. What would you say to people that, that say, that sounds really exciting or interesting, but I am too old to, to start learning how to surf now? Or well, that's the 86-year-old too... woman that I taught. That, that's my answer. That's my answer. Tell that to the 86-year-old. If you're older than 86, I'll accept that as an excuse. If you're younger than 86, I, I'm sorry. I, I physically, emotionally, spiritually cannot accept that because I have taught an 86-year-old woman to serve. So I'm sorry. I, 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 unless you are older than that, I, 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 there is no space for me to accept that. I will do everything I can to convince you that you're not old enough, that you're not too old. Mm. That's and what I'm about people? I know that you have also... Um, Everybody Can Surf is a new organization yes. you're starting in 2023. Um, what about folks that say that are just, I don't feel comfortable the way I look in a wetsuit um, or in a bathing suit, um, but it sounds great. You know, how do you, uh, what would you say to them? Uh, that's a, another great question. And, and this is a very, very sensitive subject because a lot of people, everybody, let me say, everybody suffers from insecurities. Some hide it just better than others, right? And, and we have different ways of hiding our insecurities. We either bully to take the spotlight off us, off us and put it on someone else and expose someone else's weakness so they don't look at us and go, oh, look, oh, you've got a problem. Okay. Um, so the weird thing is, is that when you, it's because of the, unfortunately, the world we live in, we think that people are judging us in a negative way. Oh, that person doesn't belong because they look like that or they, they weigh that amount or they unfit, they can't paddle, they don't belong, they don't belong. So we, we judge them, we judge them, we judge them. A few things are happening here. One, the reality is, probably the person that's looking at you is going, I wish I had the confidence to do that, what, what that person's doing. More than likely, that's actually the reality of what that person is thinking. And I'll tell you why. Because they are aware of their insecurities. They know that they're scared of certain things and they know they would never put themselves in that situation. So they're actually looking going, wow, I would never be able to do that. I would never be able to put myself in that. That is a very brave person. My goodness. But instead, we think, oh, they're judging me because I don't look good in the wetsuit. I don't, I don't fit a bikini or I don't have a six-pack. I'm a guy and I don't have a six-pack and I don't have big broad shoulders and a nice big chest and, you know, I don't fit in. I don't, I'm not looking like this. But actually, <laughs> honestly, surfing... There is no age limit and there's no 
um, like there's no physical requirement, really. I mean, I've taught people with one leg. I've taught people with no legs. I've taught people with one arm. I've taught someone that was blind. I have taught a guy that was 145 kilos with a heart pacemaker. Um, and he stood up. Again, it's how we measure success, Nick. That's the problem. So everybody is allowed. I encourage everybody to go surfing because surfing is, is the umbrella kind of phrase that covers boogie boarding, um, wakeboarding, kite surfing, wing foiling, um, windsurfing, uh, knee boarding. It's riding a wave. That's what surfing is. It doesn't matter whether you're lying down, standing up on your knees, holding on to something. It doesn't matter. That is surfing. Surfing covers all those things. If I'm a windsurfer, I don't say to my buddy, hey, should we go windsurfing today? I say, hey, should we go for a surf? If I'm a boogie boarder, I don't say, should we go boogie boarding today? I say, hey, should we go for a surf? It doesn't mm -hmm. matter what it is. We are all riding waves. So unfortunately, we've been conditioned to think that success is only standing up on the surfboard. And actually it's not. It's getting out of your comfort zone, getting into the water, feeling confident that you're allowed to be there. That's the number one thing. The, the, the yeah. feeling of I'm allowed to be there is probably the biggest thing. Yeah, the belonging. And, and encourage belonging and encouraging people to believe and to really understand that they do belong there. Everyone has the right to play in the ocean. No one owns the ocean. And, and there's yeah. so much wonderful experiences that we can get from the ocean. And again, it's not about going out the furthest and catching the biggest wave. It can even just be about sitting with a, with a, with a SUP board. This guy, the guy that was a hundred and, I think he was 140 or 100, 140 something kilos. Um, and he was a rugby player, a forward. So he wasn't like athletic, like a back, like a, like a running back or something like that. He was a big, big, strong guy, right? But he didn't have a lot of body awareness. Even though he was a rugby player, he didn't know how to distribute his weight that well. Mm -hmm. So he struggled. Mm -hmm. so what did I do? I put him on a SUP, on an SUP, because I didn't have a surfboard big enough to support him. Now, I don't want to be that coach that goes, oh, sorry, you're too big for the biggest surfboard I've got. That would be disgusting of me. Rather, say, you know what? I've got a solution, and that solution calls for a bigger board. And so yeah. what, you're lying down or you're standing up on your knees, you're still riding a wave. You are still considered a surfer. Change the metric of success. You are a surfer. If you catch that wave and you ride it to the beach, you are classified a surfer mm -hmm. because you're riding waves. So that's what I will tell someone if they feel they're not ready, they don't feel that they belong or they don't feel maybe they're ready physically, age-wise. We all belong. We all have the right to play in the water. When you want to progress, sure, we need to learn etiquette and we need to learn the, line, the lineup rules and things like that. But playing in the white water wave, going to take a, a, a board and getting on and catching a wave, lying down and feeling that, that feeling of that wave, man, everyone has the right to feel that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and riding, riding a wave is a feeling. It's not, a, it's not how it looks. It's, yeah. a, it's just a feeling. It's... Um, w the more you're in your head about how do I look when I surf, you, you just can't surf. You just can't. Your Not surfing goes, you know, it, it's all about 
just it doesn't matter it's like it doesn't matter how does this look it's like how does this feel right now right that's how you can listen to the board that's how you can listen to the wave and enjoy it have a and respond and get better but i find i found that so healing for myself personally and and i want to encourage people that are listening to also to to think of reframe the way they're thinking about surfing from oh i don't know if i look like a surfer to would i enjoy that feeling Exactly. Of riding a wave, you know, like it's not about, oh, do what I do. I look like somebody who rides waves. It's like yeah. there are a lot of ways to ride in life. There's waves in the ocean. Uh, life could, you know, there's waves in, in a day, exactly. all sorts of emotions. And surfing is really just like that. It's just like riding a wave of a physical wave. But that wave ha- comes with a lot of feelings, too. Um, and so, yeah, it's really not about what it looks like. It's about how it feels. Um, yeah. And um, so encourage people who are listening to kind of think about it from that standpoint and really just be like, would I enjoy that feeling? And most, most of the time you would, and it's available to you. I love how you put that guy in a stand up paddleboard because it's, it's so true. It's really just about like, what ways can you, can yeah. you help people access that That's and it. enjoy? That's it. You know, exactly. And, and, and as you said, it's that feeling. Only that's an old statement. I think your the, the the other podcast uh, um, the guy that yeah. said it, only a surfer knows the feeling. That's Matt it, Dayton's. and and that's so true. Only a surfer knows the feeling. You can't explain what it feels like to ride this 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 form of liquid energy that's moving that has been moving for thousands and thousands of kilometers across the ocean, gathering energy. And then all of a sudden we've placed ourselves in a very specific point on the planet to meet that wave as it finishes its journey, just before it breaks and spreads its energy up onto the beach or onto the rocks or onto the reef, whatever it is, we happen to place ourselves and be able to ride that little bit of energy, that liquid wave of energy as it finishes its journey. Like, wow, like what a, like, wow, you know? And it, it's about that feeling, but you can't tell what that feeling is. You, mm-hmm. you, you have to feel that feeling of that wave pushing you and, then you, and then you understand. But everyone has got the right to feel that if that's what they want. No one should feel they don't belong in the ocean because no one owns the ocean. You know? Mm. Um, yeah. It reminds me of what you said earlier about, about, about being in touch with what you feel as opposed to how you look. Yeah. Whenever I whenever I come off of a surf session, I just found that find that I'm way more in tune with my feelings and That's myself and like it. what I want and way less concerned with like, how do I look right now? What do people think about me right now? It's such a creates such a good connection with your body. It almost rewires you. It creates such a good connection with your body where it's just like, I know who I am. You Nick, know what I mean? I know exactly reality, who I am. The reality is the only place as a surfer, you need to worry about how you look is when you are being judged in a competition. That's it. Because mm. that's what it's about. How good did I make that turn look? How good did I make that barrel look? That's it. You are being judged on how you perform, on how you look. Unless you are in a competition, there is no need to ever wonder how you look and as you say it's about being in touch with your your emotions and feeling that because i don't need to be judged by anyone 
And I don't care if you do because I'm not in a competition. So you're actually wasting your time. If you are judging me, you're wasting your time and you're not getting paid. You're judging me and you're not getting paid to be a judge. What are you doing? You're wasting your time, dude. You know, like, come on. Like, really, can we all just step off this high plane of falseness and just go, shit, you're right. I don't need to be judging because I'm not getting paid as a judge. So why am I judging? It's so easy. You know, the only time we need to worry about what we look like is if we enter a competition. And if you don't, then who gives a crap? Mm-hmm. Like you say, go look for that feeling. Go f- feel what it feels like to be part of nature, part of the ocean, getting pushed. That's what it's mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. It's not about what you look like. Do you, I, I'm curious if you, do you enjoy watching competitive surfing? I, I like I watching competitive it. surfing. You love it. I love but I also it. think that it's one of the, I think it's one of the harder sports. I think it's one of the hardest sports to watch though, because it's just so it's 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 the sport in my mind that the, where the the discon the the dif- disconnect between how fun it is to do it and how fun it is to watch it is the widest in my opinion because it's the most fun sport to do I think but maybe and maybe I just didn't grow up watching it but like snowboarding skateboarding s- basketball there's something about those sports that just like I don't know watching it it is easier it's more entertaining but doing it surfing it doing it it's like those other sports like don't they're great i love all i've loved pretty much all sports but like they don't come close to surfing in my mind it's really about what does it feel like you know know? yeah why because okay you i don't know i'm i'm not i'm six one i can't dunk but i can i can do a finger roll i can do a layup i can shoot from the three throw line from the three point line maybe one out of seven i might get in one out of ten i might get in right but i can still get that feeling so I can associate what it must, I can, I can familiarize what it must feel like to run down the sideline, getting past the ball and shooting up, you know, a jump shot. Mm. I can't imagine what it's like surfing a 20 foot barrel at Chopu or pulling a, a re, a, like a, 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 a re, revert 360 reverse air at J-Bay when alley-oop. I can't see myself doing that. So you're right. There is a disconnect because I can't familiarize. It's such a huge gap in from my ability to their ability. Mm. And so for me, I can, if I go to the golf course, you know, I can hit the ball 200 yards, 250 yards on a good shot. Yeah. I can um, drive my car fast. I can, I don't, whatever, at the sports, you know, or volleyball. Yeah, can I, I can do this. Like Sam, I can, you know, but with surfing, there's such a huge disconnect from my level to their level um, that there's just no familiarity. So I could understand how it must be difficult to watch for sure. Mm-hmm. My fascination with it is I learn a lot about the, 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 the inner dynamics of how heats work. And, and because the commentators against popular belief there's a lot of uh, there, or there's always people that are that are you know haters out there and they'll always hate on the commentators but i've learned a lot and from watching the surface interact and what they do in different positions and how they read the wave because you know as a coach i kind of look at it slightly different from from another person i'm looking at how they read the wave what moves they're doing on certain parts of the wave so that becomes very fascinating to me because I can then pass that knowledge on to my students that are struggling to do a top turn 
And I realized they're trying to do this very, very fast, snappy top turn, but they're doing it on a very flat, um, non-vertical part of the wave mm. where, where they probably should have been a, doing, trying to do a long drawn out cutback. Um, but they were trying to do a big, fast, snappy turn. And so mm. when I'm watching these advanced surfers, these pro athletes, and I look at the way they, they get information when they do the down the line vision thing, and they start identifying points and they do certain tricks. I rewind and I watch why they did that trick at that point of the wave. Why did they do mm. that turn at that point of the wave? So that mm. helps me pass this information to my students to explain to them, ah, well, because I've watched that, I'm not identifying that fault there. Let's try to do something like that. So it, it helps me. I'm, I'm fascinated because it helps me with my coaching. It helps me with my surfing. It gives me something to work for, even though it's so far away. Um, you know, but, but it, it's, it's still, it helps me, it helps me grow and it helps me teach. So that's mm -hmm. why I, I like to watch it. Yeah. That strikes, that strikes me as spot on, by the way, because if you turn like longboarding on, like when people are just riding logs, you know, just like chilling on logs, like where the barrier to entry is a little bit lower, it's, strikes people as more relatable, I think, and more like accessible. Cool. And sometimes that's more like absorbing. Um, right. Even for, for like, for me, I think that's even sometimes more absorbing to watch that and be like, oh, like, that's a, that's like, I can conceptualize that, you know? Um, but that makes sense. That's, uh, that's cool that you're able to incorporate some of that, um, some of that feedback though. I mean, um, but yeah, I, watching surfing has always been, I grew up and I remember I loved skating growing up and snowboarding growing up. And then I remember watching surfing and I would just be like, be like, there's something about it. I was like, I was like, it doesn't hit the same. And, and, but then when I did it, I was like, how did I not do this? Like <laughs> sooner, like, uh, whoa, like this is so good. Like uh, I have all sorts of theories on that. I think there's something about gravity. It's something about like, there's a lot of things that go into play, but the, the, the feeling of it, like, I think it's something about the shape of the wave and the gravity and just like, it's just special. Um, the, the feeling is, is unique relative to even riding a surfboard down a hill. I think when you are snowboard down a hill, I think when you're riding a snowboard down a hill, like you can kind of get, there's like a place when you're riding a snowboard down a hill where the incline is just right on the hill and you flow in yeah. just that same way where you're kind of in this sort of suspended place of control and, and being out of control. Yeah. There's a point when you get, when you're right there, that to me is like, I do that all day. Like that's the surf feeling and it's, it's just right. I maybe riding, I don't ride vert on a skateboard, but riding vert might be a little bit more like that. I just find, dude, I get injured so much skating and I'm just like, no, dude, I can't, the, the you know, like. Cement is hard. Yeah, cement is cement is a very unforgiving medium to play with. Um, yeah. But snow and, and water I can do. Um, I just want to touch quickly just on what you're saying, yeah. if you don't mind, Nick. Um, yeah. I think I think what what you're talking about is very interesting because what we need to remember um, when, when we're doing all these different sports and then we compare it and, and surfing is compared to a lot of sports. And, and I know a lot of people come to me and say, Oh, well I do this and this and this, so I should be able to surf or I've been skating for so long. I should be, or I've been snowboarding. I should be. Um, 
there's there's one very very big difference between surfing and every other sport and that is the elements in surfing never stop changing every second the elements change the environment whereas a golf course that hole is always going to be 350 yards there's always going to be trees on my left there's always going to be bunkers on my sorry I did it on the right, on the right there's always going to be bunkers on the left trees on the right there's always going to be a pond there um what changes is the wind sure okay cool it might change direction but that's only one element with surfing you've got tide up and down you've got currents you've got sandbanks you've got swell direction swell height and swell power you've got wind direction wind strength okay um you've got so many things that are changing all at the same time that it literally cannot be compared to any other sport they i, I don't know and i'm i'm please in, inform me educate me i have not found another sport where the, where every single element changes all together at the same time mm -hmm. to the extent of what surfing does i i, I, I don't know right. I, i don't know yeah. I, i wish someone could tell me i really don't know the other thing about surfing is it's the only board sport where you go from lying down to standing up every other board sport you stand and you sorry you start in your finished position So surfing you you are vulnerable for a, a second from lying down that transition from lying down to standing up at the most crucial part of the wave when you have to when the lip is when the lip is doing this like you couldn't be more vulnerable right and then you decide to change your position like how crazy are we like what are you doing you know <laughs> um and so I think this is why surfing has got this 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 uh, that's why a surfer only knows the feeling because there's so many elements that change so much it's such a unique sport that you can't really explain the whole thing you know even listening to this concept uh, this, this podcast of of all the concepts we we've, we've touched on it's still not possible to tell them and and understand where my passion comes from unless you get into the ocean and feel the ocean feel the power put yourself up there against with a board try and catch a wave then you go wow okay because the reality is we paddle and navigate and position 98% of the time we only stand right. 2% of the time so our reward our our reward and output energy output is so off balance it's ridiculously off balance we paddle and struggle and navigate the the impact zone and the lineup with aggressive surfers and and a whole bunch of other surfers friendly or not and we only get to surf for freaking 2 3 4 5 seconds that's it <laughs> And then we have to go back to the punishment of getting drilled by set after set on the head in the impact zone and wiping out and turbulence and then navigating this and that. It's the most crazy sport that attracts us and literally dangles that carrot of tiny tiny little reward for all this energy that we have to put out. But that's what that tiny little reward is and that's what keeps you coming back and what keeps me coming back is because that reward as small as it is there is freaking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah, it's, it's worth, worth it. it. And that's why we keep coming back, man.
But that's the difference to just get back. That's the difference. I think a lot of people don't realize surfing is such a unique entity all on its own. It, it really stands. Here's sport and then there's surfing. You know, it's just such a unique energy all on its own that, that we don't really give it the, we don't give it the respect and, and, and hold it up as high as we should because it, it, it is such a unique sport and it's, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Dude, you've been so generous with your time, Andrew. I want to ask you one last question. No problem. For people that are listening and they want to um, get connected with you, what's the best way they can connect? And then tell us what you're doing right now, what you're focused on right now, and right. any you know anything that you're doing that they could be a part of if people are curious to learn more. Well, our, our, our next project is uh, the Empowered Surf Retreat 2023, which is in Cadiz in Spain. Uh, that is for all levels of beginners, people that have never surfed before, people that have surfed once or twice, or people that have surfed six or seven times, but only once a year over the last five or six years. They're looking to get results. They're looking to get the right basics taught to them. Um, that's our very next project. That's um, coming up in the last couple of days of March, the first couple of days of April in 2023. The easiest way to get hold of us there's two different options. There's either um, email. If you are not socially social media active, you can do uh, an email. You can send us uh, at um, andleo.com or andrewgoodmansurfcoaching.com, whichever you prefer. Both domains will land up in the same place. So that's andleo, A-N-D-L-E-O.com or andrewgoodmansurfcoaching.com. Those are probably the two best ways you can get in, in touch with us. Um, Instagram um, is andleo underscore underscore. And it's a picture of myself and Eleonora. Um, if you don't recognize it, it says surf coaching and it says we help you transform. So look for that. Um, and that's probably, you know, send us a message. And we, we're pretty good. We got, we got a good review on, on social media for responding quite quickly. So we'll never let you hang in on. If you send us a message, pretty much that same day, within a few hours, you'll probably get a reply from us. So um, that's probably the best way to get hold of us. But yeah, the next project is, uh, is, is Kaditz. We've got four different experiences next year. Um, and then for a little bit more kind of intermediate, I call it, I don't like to call it intermediate. I like to call it independent, the independent surfer. So um, an independent surfer for me, someone that can turtle roll, that can duck dive, that can navigate impact zone, that can paddle and catch their own green waves. I don't need you to do tricks. I just need you to be able to handle yourself and maintain and navigate a lineup safely, respectfully. For me, that's an independent person. Um, and so our retreat in October on, on a beautiful safari boat um, is, is, is that for kind of, you know, um, intermediates, independents, uh, independent surfers. Um, but yeah, we've got... Where's that? That's in the Maldives. Nice. Yes, that's in the Maldives, end of October. I was daydreaming looking at the videos of the waves that oh, you were man. surfing there, man, Crazy. like the videos that you sent me. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah, it's, it's, it's another world, man. It's another world, Nick. It's something, you know, I, it, it's a kind of a double-edged sword. I, I know you, you need to get going as well. And I've, I've got to get going for the kids as well. Um, it's a double-edged sword because we want to keep the Maldives as secret as possible. But again, the reality is this, it's not a secret anymore. Everyone <laughs> knows about the Maldives. So it's not like I'm giving away a secret. The problem is that for many years, people have thought the Maldives was just a honeymoon and a diving destination. 
not many people realized there was actually surf. Still to this day, I show people pictures and they go, oh, so where do you host your retreats? I'm like, ah, oh, Maldives, Costa Rica, Spain, blah, blah. They go, Maldives? There's no waves in the Maldives. I'm like, oh, really? I show them my screensaver on my phone and they go, that's the Maldives? I'm like, yes. You know, um, so yeah, it's a double-edged sword. We don't obviously want it to become overcrowded because then when we go, but again, the reality is it's not a secret anymore. We just have to accept it. We have to teach the right attitude. And if we go into the water and there's other people, we say, hey, how long have you been surfing? Cool. Well, we're not going to, we'll, we'll wait. You know, we'll wait on the boat. You guys surf for another half an hour and then we'll go in the water. And then you guys come back two hours later and we'll get out the water. So, you know, you can, it doesn't always work like that. Not in, you know, we don't live in a perfect world, but there are ways of dealing with crowds and, and we just have to be patient, respectful, and, and acknowledge that surfing is a, is a hugely growing sport. And there's always going to be people in the water, no matter where we go, unless, mm-hmm. we have our, unless our names are Kelly Slater. That's mm-hmm. it. You know, and we have our own wave pool. Awesome, man. So, so that trip, you got that one coming up and then uh, I interrupted you kind of mid as you were, as you were talking, uh, any, anything else you want to add to that? Um, yeah, I mean, we've got a, we've got a retreat in, in Costa Rica that's nearly full. I think there's about, I think there's two spots left or three, three spots left in, in the Costa Rica retreat. That's in May. Um, all our stuff's on our, on our website. So if you go to, you know, andleo.com or andrewgoodmansurfcoaching.com, you can see all our information, all our different trips, um, what it involves, all things like that. And, um, and so yeah, Costa Rica is in May. Uh, we've got the Cadiz one in, in, at the end of March, beginning of April. We've got, um, a clinic now that we're running with a few of our clients in the Bristol wave. Um, we've got, uh, the Maldives trip at the end of October. So we've got a, a few things going on. Um, you can also work with me one on one, Nick. You can also, you know, we do surf evaluation where you can submit, um, pictures and videos of yourself and we can help you um, by looking at them and giving you an analysis on that. Um, nice. We've also got a membership that's going to be starting next year where we have developed a digital program where people can learn about ocean knowledge because this is what it's about, right? We want to teach people how to keep themselves safe. That's how you become an independent surfer. I'm not interested in intermediate. I don't care about your level. I want to make sure that when you leave my company, you're going to keep yourself safe and you're going to keep the people around you safe. That for mm-hmm. me is a successful surfer right there. So, um, you know, education on, on the new generation of surfers, um, education about ocean awareness. Those are, th- those are, are the things that are really, really important. That's, you know, that's, that's, that's what, that's what it's all about. You know, um, and, and so we, we do that with, with one-on-one coaching. We do that with the digital program. You can become a member. You get access to, to me. Uh, we get, uh, time on Zoom. Um, we get to analyze your, your pictures and your videos. And, and it's amazing the results, man. People are now starting to, to, to stumble onto the effect and, and the, and the amazing results you can get from just submitting your picture to someone that has that eye that can look at it and go, ah, you need to do this, this, and this, and this. So um, also a really, really great product is, is our one-on-one that, that we're doing as well, um, which is awesome. quite, quite popular. Yeah. So those are the different ways that you can work with us. And um, yeah, we look forward to, we look forward to, to hearing from anyone that's interested. Come drop us a message. Thanks, man. Thank you for coming on the show, Andrew. Really appreciate your time. And uh, it's, been, it's been a pleasure. It's, it's been an absolute honor. Thank you so much, Nick. Th- thanks for having us. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm sorry Eleonora wasn't here. I know she wanted to be here. Um, but yeah, it was an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you for, for, thank you for hosting us. And that's our show. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to rate us and subscribe on Spotify. It helps us out a ton. As always, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time.